Hello, everyone. Welcome to Taking Turns, episode seven. Seven? That sounds right. Last yeah. week was six, which I believe means that this one is probably seven. Ocho siete. Yeah, yeah, seven. Okay. So <laughs> I like that you, you counted from eight to nine in Spanish. That's like your mnemonic device for remembering how numbers work in English. Yeah, it's eight, nine. Oh yeah, six, seven. seven. Okay, yeah, seven, seven comes after six at that Perfect. point. Yeah. Uh, so welcome. It's taking turns. If you're listening live on Dash Radio's multiplayer channel, thank you. If you're listening on iTunes, also thank you. Or SoundCloud, if you're one of those Android SoundCloud dudes, uh, we appreciate you also. Uh, Nick. Yes. I think we both played some video games this week, did we not? I think we definitely, definitely did. So let's not talk about those, and uh, instead, uh huh, let's talk about Hearthstone. Okay, yeah, I'm down. Oh, see, that's an easy bait. You can just say, let's talk about Hearthstone, and Nick's like, what? Like, his, yeah. his ear starts twitching when he they hears the word. literally perk up. They turn into, like, little little cat ears, and then they perk up. Now, what I want to do instead is actually talk about a very Hearthstone-similar game. Uh-huh. Called Heroes of the Storm. That, that is, we were it is Hearthstone adjacent, definitely. Okay. It's the Hearthstone of MOBAs, let's put it that way. Okay. Um, the, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm in the, the alpha for, for HOTS, H-O-T-S, yes. Heroes of the Storm, which I'm sure this has been covered to death, but it occurred to me, that's just the worst acronym. Well, it's also the same acronym as their StarCraft yeah, expansion. Not good. Some someone's job is to name shit over there, and they didn't do their job right. <laughs> it, it's I'm assuming it's the same person who also thought that Overwatch was a good name. But anyways, no man, it's about like it's totally an RTS, right? That's why it's over. Oh no, it's a shooter. Nope. No, gosh, is that, that's what it's called, right? It's like, that name is so generic, I can't even remember if it's Overwatch or not. Is that yeah? Correct? I actually thought for a second that it was actually just what was uh, Insomniac's game that they then changed and be called Fuse. It was Overstrike? called Overstrike. Overstrike. Okay. Yeah. Or some it, they shit. were both fighting for the most generic game category. Yeah, dude, game developers kind of need to chill on these like vaguely military-sounding compound words. Like that's not a name. That's just a. It's just a verb from a game. They were you like, can't... we played Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and someone yelled this at one point. Yes. Yeah. That's, um, uh, that seems to happen a lot recently. Anyways, name aside, just like Overwatch, uh, I, I think that Heroes of the Storm is pretty pretty cool. Oh, yeah? Um, as someone who has never really played a MOBA, I had a friend once stand over my shoulder and make me play like a tutorial mission in Dota, and I was like, yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, but that's it, the proper response. Yeah, it, it, I mean, like, so it's... It's just as polished as you'd expect from a Blizzard thing. Um, it does the really cool thing of asking you about your skill set with... They don't say MOA. When you boot it up, it's like, how um, how experienced are you with games like Heroes of the Storm? Is the question it asks you. <laughs> um, and so I chose, like, the, the second... Mo- there was, like, four that you can choose from. And I chose, like, the one beneath casual. Like, I'm pretty oh, yeah, much new. Oh, so you lied to them. Basic- well, yeah, I'm beneath casual. I'm sub-casual. Um, and so I, I ran through the tutorial, and it's like a really quick movement tutorial that's really glossy and lots of goofy jokes and narrative and stuff. And then it gets into the like it's it just it's really really elegantly tutorialized. Like it's they have done the thing that I think Blizzard is really good at, which is taking genres that are pretty impenetrable and making them approachable for like lay people such as 100%. myself. And no, I can't think of a genre that was in more dire need of that than MOBAs. <laughs> um, and while it's not totally like um, I don't know. It's it's not immediately obvious how everything works, and it's not like as simplified as I think Hearthstone is to Magic. It is like it's more readable and more clear, and just it it 
is everything that Dota's not in terms of like making sense to a dummy like me. There's no item shop. Um, everything is just super intuitive. You you know how to play. Like it feels like you've played it before, which is a good sign for someone who's never really played a mobile before. Um, and the I'm games are it. only like fifteen to twenty minutes, right? Yeah, and that's what drew me to it. Honestly, was like I am not super psyched about like at spending an hour playing a, a league or Dota match. Um, sure. And so I think Heroes of the Storm is like around twenty minutes ish. Okay. Which is like way more reasonable. That's like that's like a kind of that's like the same range as like maybe a slightly lengthy Halo match or something. That I can live with. <laughs> um, it's like the wait in between games and Master Chief Collection. Right. <laughs> or yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's pretty cool. I think I'm gonna keep playing it. Um, it's it's what I hoped it was, which is Hearthstone for MOBAs, and it's pretty, and I don't really know any of the characters except unless they're from like Hearthstone. It's weird, like experiencing like a game like this which is supposed to be basically blizzard smash brothers right it's all of the characters from all the different franchises starcraft and warcraft and diablo all thrown in like um lost vikings i think is in there too but basically all their games piled into one thing and i don't recognize any of them like (laughs) unless they are heroes from hearthstone that's the only circumstance like oh hey it's uther from hearthstone and then everyone else is just like a i guess i know who diablo is from pretty sure i get that one i think he's from the game diablo (laughs) Is he? Oh, okay. That you know that makes sense. Yeah. What were you thinking? Uh, well, I don't. I it's I haven't played this game. I've seen a little bit of it uh, just on Twitch streams. I think I popped into. Uh, did you stream this? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I popped into that for a little while. Uh, but I think it's really interesting just seeing people do something different with the MOBA genre because mm-hmm. uh, I think in general uh, a lot of games try to emulate League or emulate Dota and that ends up really badly because you're not going to convert an audience by doing the exact same thing and offering free yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the same lesson that I think a lot of MMO developers learned about WoW where yeah. you can't just make WoW again. That's not that's not a thing. Yeah, people aren't there for the gameplay in WoW because everyone knows that that gameplay is like super outdated, right? Yeah. But things like Wildstar and... Uh, uh, Elder Scrolls did something different, but they still sort of catered a little bit too hard to the WoW audience, right? And they failed because of that. Yeah, and it's it's so funny. Like it sounds like a no-brainer when you say it out loud, and I, I'm sure that this is a hard argument to make when you're like in a meeting with all your developers, like financial advisors. Yeah. But Dota people who want to play Dota are going to play Dota, and people who want to play League are going to play League, and you're not going to like convert them by making the literal exact same thing. And I, I think that's kind of what's great about like hots is that if this game was just dota with blizzard characters i definitely wouldn't give a shit and i don't think anyone else would either but the shorter match times the polished interface like that to me is is enough that's that's enough to get me through the door and that's more than i can say of any other moba that exists today so yeah so so you said it was super polished it, it it's still an alpha mm-hmm. what what does that necessarily mean for an alpha i mean it just it's funny how like Blizzard's alpha versions of their games are more clean looking and feeling um, than some people's shipped final products, right? Um, And there are some glitches. Like, there's one... um, I was playing as Diablo, and we hadn't broken through this gate yet. um, And there was an enemy standing on the other side of the gate, and I used, like, his grab move, and it let me get through the gate into the, like, enemy team's side before I was supposed to be able to get there. Um, So that was kind of weird. But um, it was only, like... That's that's an example of like a technical glitch that'll obviously be worked out before the game comes out. But I mean like the HUD feels finished and final and perfect and 
they'll tweak it a lot, I'm sure, but like it's it's the aesthetics. It's it's everything that I like about Hearthstone, which is that it just feels polished as hell. Which is a funny thing to say about an alpha, but <laughs> it it's definitely true in this case. Yeah, it almost works in like the it's gonna be a three year long beta, but then when it finally comes out it, it is the most polished game. Like, you know, Dota, Dota was around for a while before it actually became an official game, uh, quote-unquote. It was in beta for years. Right. Uh, But the entire time, people were playing that game competitively, and it was, you know, at that point, it was very finished and very final, uh, at least in terms of gameplay and, uh, you know, consistency. And I feel like that's how Heroes of the Storm is going to be, right? It's going to stay around for a long time in its alpha or... Uh, it seems like there's some rumblings that that might move to beta soon, mm. but I feel like that's going to be a game that when it finally comes out, it will be in its most complete form. I would say. Yeah, I I think that's easy to to imagine. It's, I mean, if you think about it, like it wasn't that long ago that Hearthstone left beta. It and and when I got into the beta for Hearthstone, that game felt done already. So, yeah. it's just it's funny how that works. Yeah. Speaking of other games that work perfectly as they should. <laughs> I know where this is going, yeah. I think we both played some Halo Master Chief Collection uh, and Halo 5 Beta. I mean, over the week. how would you define played? Well, I clicked play and like, it showed people I was playing it. And uh, I, I sure saw... Let me well, put it this way. I saw a lot of loading screens for the Halo 5 Master Chief Collection. Mm-hmm. And I also saw a lot of game over screens. So as far as like... Your, the people on your friends list were concerned you were playing it. So it's one of those, like, if a tree falls in the forest situations. Yeah, except at one point, me and a friend were trying to play together. And mm-hmm. outside the game, back at the dashboard, it's like, hey, they're playing Halo Master Chief Collection. And the game goes out of its way to have a roster on the right side of the screen where you can see your friends that are online. According to that game, we were not playing that game. Which <laughs> I thought was really interesting. That's amazing. That's so, a pretty fundamental, like... That's the crazy thing about about Master Chief Collection is that it seems like broken down to its core. Like it's people I think there's a misconception among people who haven't played it that the issue is just like oh it it matches don't connect. Matchmaking's broken. But like that game's been out for 2 months and I went into the matchmaking thing and before I even got into a game I realized that every single playlist had a huge disclaimer on it that's like ranking coming soon. Like yeah. the ranking feature isn't even in there yet and that game shipped 2 months ago to the like as of 2 days ago it was the official 2 month marker it's yeah. just it's unreal it is uh it's actually pretty ridiculous how many posts i see coming from the official twitter account it's like hey an update's coming out and every single time i just think to myself but it's not the update is it it's no. not the one that's actually going to fix the game is you fixing it incrementally while totally being like well the right third of our screen doesn't do anything <laughs> you can hop in a game with a friend and they just get kicked out and not allowed to join games again until they turn off their Xbox? It's, that's that's an actual error that happened? How, how is that, like... I mean, it's obviously you get a little bit of a pass when you are Microsoft making that's a game. That's what I'm wondering. It's like, how would this have gone down differently? Yes. And maybe the answer is, is it wouldn't. But I, I wonder, like, would this have gone differently if if someone else had shipped this game? Or if it was, like... I mean, and not to say that, that there aren't, like, heads rolling. Like, I, I have to imagine that there are really serious conversations taking place between Microsoft and 343 right now about this stuff. Because it's like, this was their holiday 2014 thing, and it yeah. still doesn't work. Yeah, instead they are advertising the Halo 5 multiplayer beta quite fervently. 
Yeah, I had a really fun night the other night where I tried to play Master Chief Collection, got into one round. It was super laggy, but, like, I never know who to blame for that, so whatever. It was still playable, and it was kind of fun. Um, and then I tried to get another match of Halo 2 Classic. That was totally broken. So I switched to Halo 5, tried to get into a match. That was totally broken. Um, oh, I had an amazing thing happen. I'm going to post a video of this eventually, where um, I was playing halo 5 uh breakout and you know how that that mode begins with you launching into the map yep tell me if this you've heard this before yeah it was just the launchers were not launching me all the way into the map i was just stopping short of the map and falling off the edge and suiciding wow yeah that's that's amazing i actually hadn't heard that the the most i'd seen of it was adam kovic from uh machinima inside gaming just never got launched off the platform so he was just hanging out up there oh, that's cool too yeah the other team really didn't like it he said because they couldn't oh, yeah. kill him so it just resulted in a stalemate that's uh, see mine was a different issue where my team was not crazy about the fact that they were starting out with one fewer teammate than they should have because the game wasn't working right that's actually just their esports mode is just that one person doesn't make it to the platform so they're immediate spectator yeah exactly that's how they that's their workaround for spectator yeah yeah, wow. Uh, there's also a pretty big glitch in that beta where after a game ends and if there's like not enough people, you'll just hang out at the loading screen trying to find a match until it kicks you back out to the lobby. Yeah, I saw a video that was like, it claimed to be like, someone linked it to me when I was complaining about that game not working right. It was like, how the video was called How to like Get Out of a Stuck Lobby. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> And I thought it was going to be just a video on how to get out of a stuck lobby, but the first three minutes of the video were just the guy being like, talking extensively about how embarrassed he is for 343 on this game it was like kind of brutal i just and i wonder like are these videos being watched internally at 343 when they when they're troubleshooting this beta do they go to youtube and like oh hey someone found a workaround let's watch this and then it's just a video of someone shit talking them for like ever it's actually just every morning in their morning meeting their boss makes them watch every video that was uploaded since yesterday that's i like i that's the thing that i know i've said this before and i know it's not the most like maybe popular position to take on this stuff but there's a huge part of my heart that goes out to the developers because it's no one individual's fault necessarily maybe it is but it's probably someone high enough up that they'll never be in trouble for it and it just i think it probably sucks really bad for the actual developers who have to like deal with this crap yeah you know interestingly enough i also found a solution to that bug uh while watching a stream on twitch on what friday night Hmm. uh and you basically have to snap the party feature and then start a party with yourself and go down to leave and pop multiplayer, and then it'll kick you back out to the right. main menu. Which, how do you have to do that? It's so weird. It's also weird because, like, um, I mean, I don't know. It just it also seems emblematic of how crazy the party system is to me that, like, you have to snap yourself in, hit the leave drop down, and then there's, like, leave party, leave multiplayer, and leave party and multiplayer, and the option you have to click is leave multiplayer, right? Yeah. It's so, it feels superstitious. It feels like you're just, like, rubbing, like, a, like it's like a seance to get this game to work, to get any Halo game to work. Yeah, you have to, like, rub your Xbox a little bit, pour some oil on top of it, and, like, <laughs> yep. give it a little massage, and maybe the game will work. If it you're is, lucky. It is absolutely ridiculous. And the weird thing is, is that, so they added a new mode in this week uh, to the Week 3 content. Breakout stayed, but they added another one called Stronghold, I believe, uh, which... Up until probably an hour before we recorded this, I had not played that because the other two modes would work perfectly fine, but every time you tried to join Stronghold, it'd be like, hey, yeah, sorry, no. And it, like, it wouldn't even search for other players. Jeez. Just, like, load in, it'd sit there for a second and be like, I, I don't know. 
I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. That's been 99% of my experiences. It's like, well, I can't find a game. So I really hope they fix that game because I have a ton of fun with that game. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, how many days are left in the beta even? By the time that this, this podcast airs, there will be four, four? days left. Four yeah. days left? Um, yeah, it's... It just sucks, man. Like, I, I think I, I've seen this sentiment echoed a lot, too, when I was complaining about uh, MCC specifically. I was like, I tried Master Chief Collection two months after it came out, and it didn't work. And people were like, I'm really waiting for the day when someone says, hey, this works, you can go buy it now. Because a lot of people are waiting for that to happen, yeah. myself included. I actually, like, I heard it was broken week one. I didn't mess with it for the past eight weeks. And I decided to try on a whim the other night, and no dice. It's yeah. just It's just sad. Eventually, you and me will have the Master Chief game night that we've been talking about since before this podcast started. Yep, exactly. That's such a good way of like of illustrating how long this has been a problem. You know what, I, though, we just have uh, a really, really public week counter for how many weeks the Master Chief collection has been broken. We should change our podcast name to "How Many Weeks Has Master Chief Collection Been Broken?" Episode six, episode seven. Episode we, we'd probably get some pretty good SEO based on that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe number it's one worth- podcast on iTunes three four three is just like well tired of, you know tired of getting yelled at I'm gonna go check out you know my favorite podcast on iTunes mm-hmm. the number one podcast is like no you can't even escape nope there's nowhere nowhere to hide everywhere you go which is interesting because we actually are the number one podcast on iTunes so, yeah uh, that's wow I, I'm actually surprised you didn't tell me that sooner yeah yeah tell all your friends we're the number one podcast but, but on really. Everything. But why bother? Because all our friends are listening, apparently. Cause yeah. We're number one. Yeah. I mean, Serial took a few tips from us, and it worked well, but they couldn't break for spot number one. They're stuck in second place. Nope. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Serial. Not happening. That's See, that's the difference between us and them, is that they stopped after, like, ten episodes. They gave up. We're going to keep going. Bunch of quitters. I'm calling it today. We were going to make it to at least ten episodes of this yes. thing. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, now, Nick. Mm-hmm. I believe you played another game. I did. I did play another game, and the name of that game is the game Painkiller. Okay. Now, Painkiller, this is an old game, correct? Painkiller's old as hell, dude. Painkiller's very old. It's like 11 years old, I think, as of this oh, year. Okay. Um, I have really fond memories of, like, my very first gaming PC. It was a, I got it for Christmas. It was a Radeon 9800 Pro in there. With 512 megabytes of RAM, Ooh. all in service of uh, of playing Painkiller, um, which I had downloaded the demo of and fallen in love with, um, and I'm doing I'm kind of replaying it right now on my on my Twitch channel um, and on my YouTube channel, uh, just because I I adore that game. I'm always looking for excuses to go back to Painkiller and show it off, and it's that game hasn't stopped being fun for me in 11 years. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the goofy goofy ass first generation havoc physics that i never get tired of like that game was like a lot of other games like psyops and other games from that era it feels like a a playground for dumb physics tricks so like one of the first guns you get in the game is a state gun that just pins dudes to walls or uh, just a shotgun that blows dudes all the way across the level um it was actually something that was a huge bummer about i remember there was a port of painkiller for the very first xbox and it was bad and the main reason it was bad, as far as I was concerned, is because the Xbox just made dudes fall... Or, sorry, the shotgun, I'm getting excited, just made dudes fall down. And that's not the painkiller shotgun. No. The painkiller shotgun makes dudes arc through the air like a beautiful <laughs> rainbow. And, yeah, that's it's it's just a dumb ragdoll, dummy, dumb, dumb fest. 
Like, none of the guns have a reload animation, because there's no reloading, because you're just shooting all the time. It's such a, um, such a classic-ass type of shooter. Have you ever played it? It sort of came out in a time where I didn't have access to a good gaming PC. Uh-huh. Uh, and also, very young, parents don't really like super hyper-violent games where you can, like, stake people to walls. Sure. Uh, but obviously I didn't rebel enough, because this game sounds awesome. I've seen it played quite a bit, actually. The the PC like remaster or whatever that they did uh, right, right, a couple yeah. years ago, and that game still looks super good. Yeah, I even think like I haven't played Hill and Damnation. I my understanding is that um, <laughs> every single uh, painkiller remake or expansion has been, I mean, has been pretty bad. But I went and looked at like Steam reviews of Hell and Damnation this week, and they seem okay. Um, I should check that out, maybe. But, yeah, even the original Painkiller looks pretty good today. When you run it at, like, 1080p with everything set to Ultra, yeah. it's just, like, so smooth and fast that it's it, it looks good and even without the HD remake. Which I think they called Hell and Damnation. Because HD. Uh, mm. Which is such, like, a, like a Japanese DS game publisher way to name your game. Do you remember, yeah. like, when the DS games were coming out and they were all, like... Advance Wars Dual Strike, because yep. it's DS, and everything was DS. Yeah, as long as it wasn't Feel the Magic, XYXX, or Sprung, though, it felt like it was an okay naming convention. Yes. Wait, what, Feel the Magic had a different name in Europe, by the way. What was it? It was it was just called The Rub Rabbits, I think. <laughs> Which fits so much better. Good name, yeah. Not a bad name. That game is so weird. Yeah. Uh... So, did you have you heard of Super Wolfenstein HD? Because it is very similar to Painkiller in the way of it is very physics based in a goofy way, uh, where someone actually I think it was for the PewDiePie uh, game jam went in and remade Wolfenstein uh, in a very comical and boxy form, where you have guns that like pin people to walls and knives that like make dudes go flying through the air. I did not. So that's a fan-made, unofficial game that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, let me double check who made it here. What was the? So what was the PewDiePie game jam? I, I'm not really clear on what exactly that was. They fought to the death, and then uh, the losers had to make games for PewDiePie forever. Uh, no, it was just it was just a theme, a game jam with the theme of fun to play, fun to watch, with an emphasis on laughter. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I think it's pretty neat. They all used like Unity, uh, Unreal Engine Four, Game Maker Studio. It's uh, it's pretty neat. That seems like a like a feel good thing. Yeah, me. it that's seems like I'm... something a dude like PewDiePie would do. Mm-hmm. Just a fun loving guy who very much dislikes YouTube comments and wants to to laugh. That's, I mean, that describes everyone I care about. Yeah, dislike YouTube comments and love to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm looking for on an OkCupid profile. Right. That's a good little Tinder bio right there. Yeah. Dislikes YouTube comments, loves to laugh. Okay, so let's take a little break here. We have a song that you picked out, Nick. It's yes. called Donuts by Torah Horse. It's really good, and it features a nice little video game sample that you should try and pick out. And don't listen to me. Listen to me. And don't, and don't. I guess you did my Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. 
That was Donuts by Toro Horse. Donuts. Donuts. Yeah, there's a B somewhere in there. I think between the D-O-N-U-B-T-S. Yeah. Between the U and the T. I just didn't know if it was like a subtle commentary on Donut Doubts or if he just accidentally, you know, threw a little B in there, a little thing that he didn't My interpretation has always been that that's how a baby would say Donuts because the sample seems to have like a baby in it. That's also, by the way, the other sample in that song in case anyone didn't figure it out is uh from majora's mask yeah so there you go nice little note yeah i just i was worried because i feel like that song is pretty hard to google because people would simultaneously be like how do you spell Torah horse and how do you spell donut yeah yeah i think i should start putting this uh definitely in the show notes sure yeah because i think it's really cool because someone actually tweeted us a couple weeks ago that i thought was it was really funny they were like where, what song is six question marks? Yeah, we, we keep picking like artists and song titles that have extremely convoluted names. Yeah, so it, it doesn't always work out for speaking them, but you can find uh, Donubs in the show notes uh, with a link to the SoundCloud. One thing that I did on the internet this week, Nick, uh-huh. was watch other people play games. Oh, me too. So... I watched a lot of awesome games done quick, which I'm sure you did as well. I also did that, yeah. What were some of the highlights for you? Yeah, so if people are unfamiliar, awesome games done quick is like a twice yearly, I think? Yes, biannual. Yeah. See, I never know if that means every other year You know, according to, like, I've looked into it before, and apparently it can mean either. Okay, that's that's why I just Which basically means it's it's fucking useless is basically (laughs) what that means. It's a just useless prefix. Yeah. Uh, It is a biannual uh stream where they play games and speed run games on uh on stream to raise money for charity and this year it was for prevent cancer uh which it, they raised something like 1.4 million dollars jeez believe, louise uh which is crazy it's like six days in a row uh is it 24 hours a day or is it, is it i just know that there were a couple times where they stopped okay so it, i don't think it's completely uh 24 hours a day but yeah. it went for like a basically a full week yeah uh, and it's pretty cool. They play games that, like, you wouldn't normally expect someone would be able to speedrun. Uh, like, they had Alex Navarro from Giant Bomb on there playing big rigs and speedrunning big rigs. <laughs> it's actually really funny if you watch it, too. Wow. Uh, Wait, so where are... Do you know where that event takes place physically? I believe it's in Michigan, but I may be wrong. Okay, dope. I, I'm probably wrong with that. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, gaming charity events that take place in Michigan, so that was just my first assumption. Uh, it's one of those things that I've never actually thought of, but it seems like an event that could take place in Michigan. So just in my head, I probably automatically assumed it did. Uh, what, what's the kind of stuff that you watched from there? Because, yeah. Well, for me, it was one of my highlights for the past couple of years has always been the monkey ball stuff. Yeah. I'm just a, I have been a huge monkey ball fan as basically since the first one came out, and there hasn't been a good monkey ball game in a fucking decade, which is unforgivable. Um, and so they are wise enough to only speedrun um, the the good one. So Super Monkey Ball Deluxe is the one that they were doing this year, which is uh, Monkey Ball 1 and Monkey Ball 2 all on one disc plus some extra levels. Um, and yeah, it was it was really, really great as usual. Just the, the amount of specific, like level-specific tricks 
that they master um, are just crazy. Um, it it's my favorite thing in the world to watch because it's so. I feel like some speed runs like can be a little bit hard to read visually. Yeah. Um, you don't know what the player's doing necessarily, but in Monkey Ball, the entire game is literally just the analog stick. Yeah. So there's not that much to exploit really. Um, it's it's all precision and timing. There's a little there is one trick that I had never seen before, which is just rapidly hammering on the start button over and over to basically play the game at half speed. Um yeah. It, huh. it it's it's the craziest thing in the world. Um the guy, the main guy who did the speed of this year uh for Deluxe is a guy named uh Jeff Geoff? Jeff? Jeff. G E O F F. I'm okay. still struggling with that name. Uh he's twitch.tv slash Jeff and he is um so impressive. I actually discovered him on accident the week that Twitch debuted that feature. You know how they have that feature now where you can like follow specific games to see when people are streaming them? Oh, that's neat. Yeah. They added that a little while ago and I the only thing I followed was Super Monkey Ball Deluxe and <laughs> I found a stream of him playing it. Um but he's he's a super like awesome dude who does this speed running and streaming thing full time now. He's got his own place and he like he like he uh, for one of the donations on the AGDQ this year he like um, had an auction to dye his hair whatever color whoever donated the most oh. said so that's why his hair is blue in all the streaming videos he's just this yeah awesome dude it's really easy to feel good like supporting him and I now follow him on Twitch I recommend everyone do the same he's that dude yeah that's really cool one of my yeah. favorite things about uh, a lot of the speedrunners is that like you said it's not always easy to see what they're doing or why what they're doing makes them move fast yeah uh, like you might not know that in zelda if you like backflip off of a certain part you like fall through a couple levels and just like so what they do the entire time is explain what they're doing which i think is really neat from a like layman's point of view it's like not only do you understand what they're doing but you understand why they're doing it and they mm -hmm. say like oh yeah we run backwards because it keeps like certain part of the rendering area out of out of field of view and the entire time i just think like how smart are these people like that they can come up with this thing like i play a game and i'm happy to not die multiple times in a specific area and yet other people decide to run backwards through it just because they know that it will make them go faster i think that whole thing is really neat and just the entire process of it Plus, doing mm -hmm. it for charity and doing things like a couple of the games, which one of the ones that I watched that I liked uh, was World of Illusion, which is a... Uh, Mickey Mouse, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they actually had multiple people playing the same game, and they pretty much did like a you know, contest to see who could do it the fastest with both streams up. And it's, it's awesome. also really neat because the entire time that anyone's doing it, they have the you know time to beat uh, running alongside a clock timer and the whole point is that they're trying to do it quickly to beat records or whatever mm. it's, it's really cool. yeah it's incredible i also thought the stream looked really good oh yeah this year it was like very very high resolution running at 60 frames per second the entire time it just it looked fantastic it was uh it was really neat i'm glad that, it, that they do it too mm. i think it's a cool thing uh another thing i watched on twitch this weekend was the smite world championships which if you're unfamiliar smite is a moba uh, just like Heroes of the Storm, but it's played from like a third-person uh, shooter-style perspective, uh, which most MOBAs aren't, and is very, uh, I would not say easy to play, but it has a very drastically different control scheme than uh, most MOBAs. It is more smart casting, or auto-casting, smart casting, 
I don't know. You don't necessarily need to click on a specific place that you want uh, to attack. You can kind of point in a direction and attack, and it will go there, uh, which makes the game suited well to a controller, which most MOBAs are not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the game, actually, I think they announced this weekend that it's uh, the beta is going to start soon for the Xbox One version of it, which is something that I'll actually check out because I think it's pretty cool to try and bring a MOBA to Xbox One or a controller-based platform. Which people have tried to do that kind of stuff for a long time, right? Bringing uh, very PC-oriented titles like uh, Red Alert 3, was it? Red, no. Command & Conquer 3 uh, was an Xbox 360 game. I, I just think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it seems like the type of thing where you want to build your game that way from the beginning rather than like trying to jerry-rig it to work after the fact. Yeah. Because um, like, Smite is also a third-person camera angle, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very much like a little bit more zoomed out of a Gears of War-style camera point. Hmm. Uh, and they sort of did the same Dota-style funding uh, that they did at the International last year where players can buy things in-game to support the prize pool. And they actually got it up to, like, it was, like, over $2 million, uh, wow. which is pretty gnarly for a game that most people probably haven't heard of. Yeah, it's, and also kind of upsetting when you compare it to the $1.5 million that AGDQ raised for cancer. Like, yeah. that number sounds so good until you put it next to the $2 million that some, like, pseudo-obscure MOBA <laughs> made. Yeah, it's just, it's or also away. somewhat crazy because that actually puts it ahead of League of Legends, I believe, for their mm. World Championship last year despite League of Legends being a drastically more mainstream and well-known game. Weird. So, wait, is, but League's... Is League's pool also crowdfunded or no? No. Okay, so that's probably... I wonder if League's going to go to that model this year, then, for the their event. I would hope so. Uh, I think it's a really cool thing. Uh, Call of Duty's been... Fans have been asking for it for a long time, being like, hey, let me buy, like, gun camo for my favorite team, and, like, you give, you know, 25% to Activision, 25% to that team, and... 50% to the prize pool. Uh, but it seems like a very complicated thing. Uh, there's obviously a lot of legality involved with uh, having someone buy something where 50% of that goes to you for creating that thing and 50% goes to something that you're going to then give away to a different group of people. Yeah, I, I can see how that would be tricky. It's I, I don't totally pretend to understand like the, the finance end of stuff like that, but it's it seems like a, I don't know. Is that is that technically a donation or is it like a purchase or like how do they? Is it gambling? <laughs> like yeah, I mean do, these are all the questions that they have to think about, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's 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 cool that someone is at least attempting to answer those questions, uh, and by not just being Valve, who's very secretive, but seeing that someone like I think they're High Res Studios who makes Smite, mm-hmm. uh, who might be a, you know. A, pretty small studio compared to not compared to valve but definitely compared to riot uh and activision it's uh it's pretty neat to see that happening cool there's also a ton of people watching that thing yeah uh, like, like what kind of numbers like sixty-five thousand in the finals uh but the i when i watched that one team was up two zero in a best of five so it seemed like the numbers kind of dipped uh but then that team came back to go two two force game five and then i actually had to leave before the finals happened oh but dip uh, I know, I kind of missed out there. Well, good, no spoilers then. Yeah, you guys can go watch it. I think it's like Twitch TV slash Smite Game or something like that. Uh, or just look it up. I'm sure there's plenty of stories out there. Right. There's also another game, a little announcement that you have to make, Nick. 
Oh yeah, so you did um, a little something on the internet, right? I sure did. By the time you are hearing this, uh, I have done my first sort of like debut live stream, like gameplay debut thingy. I'm doing a yeah. a I on this so two man the timing is throwing me off. So this Tuesday I did. I'm having to use the past tense right yep. now. It's screwing me up. I did a uh, an exclusive live stream for Towerfall Dark World, which is the new um, Towerfall expansion, uh, is what they're calling it. That's coming out this year. Um, which is really, really cool. Um, I, I got to play it a little bit at PSX, and I think anyone who's at PX, PSX also probably got to play it, but they've never uh, shown any footage of that until until yesterday's stream. Um, and as a, I'm like a big, big fucking Towerfall fan, which is why I push so hard to get to do this. Um, like, me and my friend Ricky are super, super, like, competitive Towerfall players. He's taught me all these weird tricks, like this wave-dashing thing that exists in Towerfall. What? Um, we kind of play it at a SF Game Night, pretty much every week because there's a great setup of like two giant crts smushed together to make one giant towerfall screen um yeah that wave dashing thing by the way is totally deliberate um that there's a fun story there where like it was there's a separate term for it that that matt thorson uses but that was discovered before towerfall was released by a guy named kyle pulver who's also an indie developer and matt left it in Towerfall, and actually in this expansion, one of the cool tweaks is he went as far as to make a custom animation. So when you do the wave dash thing, to like basically it shoots you across the screen. It's like a super dash thing. Um, there's a custom animation for that now. So like there's a colorful trail that leaves like that is left behind you. Um, just kind of embracing it as part of the game. That's neat. Um, yeah, it's kind of the opposite of what Smash did, right? Where like when when <laughs> they found out that wave like wave dashing was a thing, they took it out of Brawl, super dumbed down Brawl, and like made it not a fighting game. But Matt is really big about em- embracing the competitive community for Towerfall, and that's a great example of it. The move, by the way, if you're wondering, is like so you can use the triggers to dodge in Towerfall, and if someone would hit you with an arrow, then you catch it during one of those dodges. But what you do is you dodge, and then press the you press like L to dodge, then press R to dodge again rapidly, and the second dodge you want to dodge into the ground, which like cancels your first dodge, but you keep the momentum from it, and then you just shoot across the screen at a million miles per hour, which half the time gets you killed, but is a really cool looking trick for like competitive towerfall players. That's very similar to Melee's wave dashing, uh, which for people who aren't familiar, quickly involves jumping up and then jumping down towards the ground all yeah. in one very swift movement that in the end just makes it so that you can sort of see the little dust come up from jumping uh, and that you just slide quickly back and forth along the ground. Yeah, it's I, that's why I compare it to, to wave dashing because yeah, it's, it's, it's based comparable. on the same technique. You do a directional air dodge um, into the floor. Um, yeah. And there's yeah. like, they're, they're, so like Dark World is, is cool, I think, because there are all these tiny tweaks like that. Like there's a new technique called like ledge slipping where if you're on a ledge and duck, you can like slide down it. Um, there's just it's just a million little technical things but then there's like the big stuff so like there's three major new levels um, and then one really amazing thing there's a a level that is procedurally generated what? yeah so like whereas in Towerfall there was like ten I think ten stages for every world yeah um, this is a world where every single time it generates a different one um, and the levels that it generates are like they feel like if, if I didn't tell you that they were randomly generated, you would think they were just normal towerfall levels. They're like some of them have these huge like tubes and pillars and item boxes show up in weird places, and like every single asset from the rest of the game pretty much can show up in this world, but it all feels aesthetically cohesive. And amazingly, at the end of every um, 
round on that level. A uh, little thing pops up in the corner. It's like a, a seed of eight um, different characters that you could like write down if you like that that level and you want to generate it again later. Um, it's the coolest. I, I'm I'm really obsessed with it. The other major addition, there's like some new awards and trophies and stuff, but the other major addition are uh, a couple of new arrows. Um, my my favorites being uh, the trigger arrows. Um, so actually, there's a few different new power ups, but. The, the two new arrows are trigger arrows, which are basically what you'd expect. They're like trigger mines or something. You can press X to blow them up. Um, or there's a cool technique, actually, that I covered in the live stream where you can press B to keep firing arrows without blowing up your main one. So you can kind of like... It, there's just so Ooh. much advanced... Yeah. So you can like leave them all around the map. <laughs> um, there's a ton of advanced tech there. And then my favorite, which is the prism arrows, which are... Um, they are a really cool inversion of how the arrows normally work. Normally how the arrows work is they're devastatingly powerful if they're a special arrow but if you catch them by dodging then you just add it to your quiver right and you have that arrow now yeah. um the prism arrows behave like normal arrows 100 percent of the time unless your opponent catches them and if your opponent does a dodge catch on it it locks them in this like diamond prison for like five seconds that they can't leave and the only thing that can pass in or out of the prism is arrows so they can fire and you can fire but they're trapped there for a little while oh. um it's so awesome because it like you have to treat them totally differently. You don't want to dodge towards that arrow; you want to dodge away from them, um, and it just it changes the way you think about combat when those arrows are in play. And it's just it's just yet another layer of depth on an already really amazing, like competitive local multiplayer game. Yeah, and I think that's my favorite part of Towerfall is that he got the core gameplay down and then introduced you know these these other factors that change the gameplay in you know completely different drastic ways uh yeah. the bolt arrows specifically those are the ones that can go around corners correct yes those i i love that that's like probably my favorite arrow in the game yeah i like that and uh one of my other favorite things is allowing people to explode themselves after they're dead yes that's one of my favorite ones too it's called trigger corpses yeah i think it makes for a really good dynamic of like killing other people but also having you remember where their bodies are because mm -hmm. they can literally sit there and just wait for 10 seconds until you think they're no longer a factor and yeah. catch you off guard when you're in a heated one-on-one -on -one duel <laughs> totally it's also nice because it means that you're never really quite out of the game and i find <laughs> that like some towerfall players get frustrated because when they die they stay dead and are dead for i mean towerfall matches aren't super long they're like 20 30 seconds usually for each round but people don't like dying and then just sitting there with a controller in their hands, and it gives them something to kind of do. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my main, like, my, whenever I go to SF Game Night, my default Towerfall uh, setup is um, you turn off the time limit, turn off the auto-balancing shields, set it to ignore uh, tower item sets, so it's like random items. Yeah. And then turn on trigger corpses. That's, wow. to me, the perfect game of Towerfall right there. That is the competition regulation Nick Robinson approved. It's definitely not. Because it is for me. But when I was at PSX, I picked up the controller for Dark World. And I, I never met Matt Thorson, the creator of the game, before until that, that day. And so I turned off auto balance. And he was like, are you sure? Because if it's not on, I'm just going to stomp everybody. I did <laughs> not beat him. Yeah, I, I'm I, sure. I got to... It was a close game. There was one round where I got really close. I got like nine... It was like we were playing to ten kills... And I got nine, and then he got ten. And I was like, I really want to beat him at his own game. Like, literally beat him at his own game. But yeah. no such luck. You just gotta, you gotta be able to say that you can beat 
the creator at his own game. Right? That would be so nice. Especially um, when it's one of your favorite games. Exactly. I think my friend Ricky could maybe beat Matt Thorson. He's pretty damn good. But You know where you could settle that? It's yesterday on your live stream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly where. That uh, That's pretty cool. Well, congratulations, because I think that's pretty neat uh, that we have big boy Nick over here debuting games. Yeah, I'm trying. Well, well gameplay of games. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I there is another one happening tomorrow um, on Devolver Digital's YouTube channel and their Twitch channel, which are they're exactly what you'd expect, Twitch slash Devolver and YouTube slash Devolver, or slash Devolver Digital, sorry. Um, there's a game called Enter the Gungeon okay. um, that I don't know if I can talk about quite yet, but if you watched, I think during PSX, or uh, I think it was during PSX that Sony had their big like indie trailer where they put all these games all these indie games together in a montage and one of the announcements from that that trailer montage was enter the gungeon um that's kind of like a top-down roguelike game that i I think the easiest comparison for most people is nuclear throne but it doesn't really play Mm -hmm. exactly like nuclear throne and um yeah so i'm doing an exclusive debut gameplay reveal stream uh with devolver on tomorrow so thursday at 3 p.m pacific standard time um hell yeah yeah I don't think I can talk too much about it because yeah. I, I checked and there's like no gameplay of it on the internet that wasn't in that trailer. Um, but that's gonna be that's gonna be cool. I'm yeah. I'm glad to be a part of that too. That's really neat. Now another thing we did with this week's episode of yes. Taking Turns was solicit questions from you Twitter. You sure did. And we got approximately zero responses up we, until 30 seconds ago. And in fairness to them, we didn't ask until the minute we hit record yeah it was uh oh we should probably tweet that now right yeah and then we tweeted it and started recording and the timing doesn't work out that great when you ask people to send really good questions yeah i think maybe it would make more sense to ask for questions the minute we stop recording and then we'll have a week's worth of questions for next time yeah if you'd uh like to hear me and nick's nonsense opinions on nonsense things you should tweet your questions to uh at alex rubens and at babylonian and yeah. uh one of us will fave them to remember it for next week uh or not if it's not a good question uh <laughs> so the one question we got which is clearly geared toward me sure because i am a very big seattle seahawks fan is uh it came from mark fuji and he said who will win the super bowl and why is it the seahawks again and that's, oh boy that's some that's some alex bait right there that that is straight bait otherwise if it was not football related and about the seahawks probably would not have read it but if you guys don't follow me on twitter which you can do it at alex rubens on twitter uh i'm a big seahawks fan which i've actually that's one reason that game time has been struggling a little bit lately it's because one of my big uh times to play games is actually on the weekends Mm -hmm. just because uh it gets pretty hectic with work during the week and sometimes i just like to go home and watch friends instead Sure. Uh, and the games, the playoff games, have been on the weekend, which after next week, uh, when we win on Sunday, or this week, I guess, when we win on Sunday, then we'll only have, like, two more games. And then I got, you know, straight six months before I don't have to worry about it anymore. So pretty excited to be returning Super Bowl champs. I'm sure someone will cut this out and tweet it at me when we lose randomly <laughs> now sure. that I jinxed it. But uh, big sports fan, and... Uh, I think it'll be pretty cool oh wait we do have one more question oh from uh brandon ledford on twitter bv ledford <laughs> who said uh halo 5 beta impressions comma we content transfer uh 
I'll do the last one first. I've okay. been trying to I've been trying to move all my like Wii eShop games over oh, okay. to the Wii U. Okay. And that process fucking sucks. Anyways, I thought those two were somewhat related, and no. that's why I was really confused. I was like, wait, what? No, they are not. Unfortunately, you cannot play the Halo Five on your Wii. Um, but basically, yeah, the whole process, like every Nintendo process, the process of moving my games from my old Wii to my Wii U involves like a phone call. And three days of waiting while they send me an email and a manual process and while they interrogate me about the location of my Wii and when the last time I played it was and it, it's the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Fuck that. But we didn't really talk much about how we feel about like playing Halo 5. Yeah. I actually think that the the breakout mode is pretty good. Uh, I think Slayer is perfectly fine. Uh, I played a little bit of Stronghold, which is uh, an interesting mode that's very hindered by bad maps in the beta. I think that the map selection uh, that they're coming out with, uh, or that they've been putting forward in the last two weeks, isn't uh, exquisite. Um, though one of the new Slayer maps is really nice, actually. Uh, just oh, really? It's pretty open and basic. Uh, most of the fights occur in you know, a couple of funnels, but there's snipers and rockets, and uh, oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I should hop yourself? into that, because I, I just finally downloaded it today. Mm. Or, sorry, two days ago. And all I've done so far is just do breakout mode over and over. It's so good. Because breakout mode's so fun. And I'm finding that, like, now that I'm playing it, like, I, I don't know. I remember playing the Halo 5 beta at the event I went to and not being crazy about the feel of it. Um, and just not feeling like it was Halo-y enough for me or whatever. Um, but for whatever reason, I'm I'm getting more comfortable with it. And I, I really do love, like, getting a good kill in Halo 5 straight up feels really good. Oh, yeah. Well, like a, and, and especially in Breakout, because there's no shields. So when you do it, you know that it was because of your shot and because of your aim. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Maybe they changed it. Because when I played Breakout, I definitely had shields. Well, you have your health. Uh, and I think... I mean, like, I hid behind something while my shields recharged at one point. Well, so, so your health can recharge uh, in oh. Halo. There's always two layers. You have your, your energy shield, and then you have your health. Uh, and your health is not depleted until your shield is gone, but both can recharge. Uh, there's no more health packs. That I think in Halo 2 or 3, they introduced recharging health. Yeah, but then in Reach, they brought back health packs. Yeah, which everyone was like, yo, what the hell? I love it, but uh, whatever. Yeah, so that you do not have shields in Breakout, which is pretty neat. We got another one, too, mm. from Official Pixelton. He's got emojis in his name, which is pretty cool. Says, have either of you played Analog, a hate story? If so, thoughts? Played it last night, thought it was excellent. I think that's Pixelon, is how I choose to read that name. I've always read that dude's name as, like, if there was an evolution of Eevee that was pixelated, that's what it would be called. What, what did I say? Pixelton. You like know, that's not even correct. Like it was a surname. <laughs> Blah Pixelton, please. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually played Analog. I'm, I really didn't start getting into visual novels in like the past year or so, um, but I, it's on my to playlist. I played um, Christine Love's game prior to that. She made a game called uh, Digital, A Love Story. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Analog is kind of a spiritual successor to that, is my understanding. Makes sense with the names. But yeah, I have not. I have not of you. No, no. Uh, I, truth be told, hadn't heard of it really until a couple days ago. I think I saw someone mention it online. Uh, probably Twitter, because that's where people usually mention things. But maybe that's something that uh, people can report back on weekend, maybe, uh, in the coming weeks. As right now, dude, 
there's there's not a lot of games coming out. I know. I had some dude on my channel. Like, I did three live streams this weekend because I was just so excited that I finally got like 1080p 60 FPS live streaming to work. Yeah. And I, all the comments are usually really really nice. But there's one dude who was like, "Fuck this boring garbage. You need to do." more reviews and gameplay and i was like first of all i don't know what you think gameplay is other than like an hour of somebody playing a game that's literally what this is but the other thing was like wh like what is there to review right now what yeah. games am i missing that are coming out that i haven't seen i i, I don't get it i'm sorry sir we do not have saints row yet and then no. after that it is fall games Right. Not, not really, but that's what it feels like at this point. Actually, the, the list that I tend to use for video game releases is uh, Wikipedia's uh, 20 uh, video games in 2015, or 2015 in video gaming, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, which keeps a pretty updated catalog of game release dates, and that is scarce. It's pretty dire this month. I, I've checked like every list imaginable, and right now I think the answer is to just stop trying to find games that come out in January and just like check out indie games. That's yeah. been my solution. And that, that usually tends to happen, too. It will Most of that list will stay clear until about four months before a game's set to come out. Uh, especially right. after, like, the hubbub last year of, like, canceling games and moving them till Like, March? Yeah, and then not telling us when in March. They'd just be like, Q1, 2015. <laughs> right. And now I mean, I'm, I am kind of, I'm kind of excited for Saints Row 4 just because I never played that game. And I'm a yeah. big Saints Row fan, but I just... For whatever reason, like, I beat three and was like, all right, I'm good for, like, the next five years. Um, Wait. But, yeah. Is it? Uh, Saints Row 4 is already out. Yeah. So, Saints Row, this is, like, the the next-gen or current-gen remaster. Ah. And then uh, there's Gat Out of Hell. Yeah. So, it's Saints Row 4 on the PS4 and Xbox One, and I think Gat Out of Hell is included in that package. And then Gat Out of Hell comes out on everything on the same day, January 20th. Okay. Um, I was just trying to make sure I wasn't going crazy there. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've played... Saints Row 4, where I punch dudes as the president. Yeah. No, it's that game, but now it's all HD and shit. And then also Dying Light, I guess, which I would really like to play. And then if oh, yeah. then GTA 5 on PC, which I am still kind of skeptical is going to come out this month. Yeah. Like, we'll, uh, it, we'll see about that. Right. Fingers crossed, but, like, I don't know. I It doesn't <laughs> seem likely. I mean, Rockstar is usually so open and forthcoming with release dates. Right? So... It seems actually a little bit weird that we had this much time. I like how they finally give us one, and we're like, "Wait a second. Yeah, I'm. What's, I'm what's going on here? exactly. I'm skeptical, but whatever. Um, we'll see. I'd like to be wrong. Yeah, me too. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of Taking Turns. If you're listening live on Dash Radio slash Multiplayer, uh, the Multiplayer channel. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Listening live is really cool. Me and Nick tweet along, and uh, occasionally we give stuff away for live listeners. Uh, we gave away some games the last two weeks, which I now have to ship to the UK because I'm really great about yeah, man, stipulating you, contests. you, you got to put that asterisk in there about <laughs> continental United States only. Yeah, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and if not, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Taking Turns. Give us a, a review and some stars so that people can uh, find it. We really appreciate that. Last week's episode, y'all seemed to like, so that's pretty cool. Uh, otherwise, you can find me and Nick on Twitter. I'm uh, at Alex Rubens. I am at Babylonian on Twitter.com. And also at YouTube.com slash user slash Babylonian. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, you could actually... I think YouTube.com slash Babylonian will just yeah. take you there. Same with Twitch and Tumblr and Facebook and... Well, don't, actually, don't go to my Facebook. That is, that is not a public website. I, that's my mistake. 
Yeah. You can go there, but it won't. There's nothing really for you. You're gonna have to change your thing now. No nah, shit, Babylonian two. That's yep. my new face. Oh damn it, I said it. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, it's not gonna be Babylonian three. We promise. Mm, and right. in the meantime, keep it up with taking turns. We uh we appreciate y'all listening. Deuces. Deuces. I actually threw up some deuces there. As I could hear it me. in a weird way. It, I could tell the way you said it made it clear that you were deucing out. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll see you next week. Hopefully. Uh, maybe. If Bye. The deuces don't get us. Ugh.